Hey friends, C-Note here, and welcome to the C-Note Audio Extravaganza, the show that is kind of like Tetris. It's very exciting when you get into it. You feel like you're doing pretty well. Things start to get crazy. You're clearing all the lines, doing real well. That could have been a cocaine joke. And things are, uh, things are starting to get heavy now. Things are getting faster, and it's getting intense. You don't know what to do with yourself. You start just throwing blocks wherever. And you, but you start forming a line. You're like, I need one of those line things. Ah, I don't know what to do with this space. And then you keep getting the square and the three-prong thing. And you're like, ah, I don't know what to do with any of this. And then you finally get like four lines in a row and you throw it into the crevice like four times in a row. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then you're excited, pretty much clear all the lines. Everything's in good shape. You win the game. And then you smoke a cigarette afterwards. That was a that was a that was a sex joke. Um, hi, <laughs> welcome to the Cedo Audio Extravaganza. This is your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, and today I wanted to talk about video games because, for me, video games have taught me a lot of things in my life about professionalism, self-control, finding the right path getting all the upgrades you need to succeed, and persistence. Stuff like that. Um, I'll try to reference games where I can, in particular. But for me, video games have pretty much been my life. Uh, I remember the first game I played was Super Mario Brothers when I was two or three years old. I was, uh, my parents and I were living in a tiny apartment, which I actually had a dream about last night, now that I remember. I had a dream that the tiny apartment I lived in like, the building was turned into, like, some sort of fancy street or whatever, but I was still potentially getting robbed, so that was weird. Um, <clears throat> but it was this tiny, tiny apartment building in Philly, in, like, the Hunting Park area, I think. Um, no, it was, like, Oxford. Oxford and Kensington, which was, like, one of the worst neighborhoods you could live in. And, <laughs> um, I don't know how it was at the time, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't any better than it is today. So, uh, it was a tiny apartment, one bedroom apartment with me, my older brother, my mom and dad. Um, my older brother and I pretty much slept in the living room. Um, I remember having a crib though in their bedroom, but I, I don't know. I, it's very vague. Um, and we lived uh, on top of a donuts queen, which was awesome because it had the same signage as Dunkin' Donuts, but it said donuts queen instead. It's kind of incredible. I don't know if that's still there. I'll have to go check the next time I'm in Philly. Um, so we lived in that place, and I remember sitting on the edge of the arm on the cat on the arm of the couch, like in front of the TV. So the couch was like against the wall, close to the corner, and on the corner was the TV, like this tiny tube TV. <clears throat> we had a Nintendo because my older brother had one, so I played with that when he was busy at school or something. Um, so I played Super Mario Brothers. I don't exactly <clears throat> remember if I was good or not, <laughs> but I remember having fun and playing that. I played that and like, um, what was the other game that was, uh, like the side, sh the shooter? I don't remember. Anyway, um, I don't, I don't remember a lot of, like, game names from back in the day, uh, the less popular ones. Um, but played a lot of games when I was young, taught me a lot about persistence. And really, if I wanted to 
feel that endorphin rush if I wanted to get to the end. And me, naturally, I always felt like I wanted to get to the next thing. Like, I wasn't content with not seeing what the next stage looked like. Um, so, I guess there was a, a mix of some natural curiosity as well um, that kind of propelled me forward. But video games taught me a lot of things about how to get to the next thing. And for that, I want to talk about that in depth. Um, as for me and my personal stuff, I've got a lot of work to do today. Um, so I'm going to be a little stressed out, but, uh, but it'll be okay. I'm a little bummed this morning because one of my dogs peed on my boot my, that I'm using to get better on my foot, so I'm not wearing it today. I'm kind of pissed about it, pun intended, and um, I don't know, trying to coerce my mother-in-law or somebody to clean it because the dogs are not my responsibility. I don't want dogs. I don't like having dogs. I enjoy dogs. Uh, as, as things, but not owning them. Anyway, let's go. Drums, all right officially welcome to the show and uh let's do this video games video games video games v vi vi d video games okay i just like saying things wrong uh, <laughs> video games have always been very important to me the the music the visuals I feel like I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for video games if it if it wasn't for the excitement that I got from the experience um, so I probably started playing games so if I was about two or three years old so around 1988 and um, played Super Mario Brothers and then eventually played like a bunch of Atari games I remember playing that terrible ET game at some point um, played a whole bunch of um, I liked a lot of Super Nintendo games Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World, um, Mega Man. Uh, I remember playing. I remember when the Sega Genesis was the thing. That was super hot. Playing um, Vector Man and Mortal Kombat. Dynamite Heady was one of my favorite games. If you're familiar with that. Um, let's see what else. What else? What else? What else? Then we moved on to PlayStation, where the first game on that I played was Parappa the Rapper. Kick, punch. It's all in the mind. Step to the limit. Come on, you can do it. Um, uh, rhythm game. That game was hard, uh, surprisingly. Then, like, Crash Bandicoot. I remember the first game that, like, visually stunned me was Chrono Cross. Um, actually, going back to Super Nintendo, Chrono Trigger, one of the best RPGs in existence. And then, okay, so fast forward to PlayStation 2, Chrono Cross was just gorgeous. Polygons, beautiful game. I gotta watch the trailer and see if it's, uh, still as good as I thought it was, but I remember playing that game and being... I remember I bought the game... That was the, that was the first game I probably bought when I just saw a commercial and saw how visually gorgeous it was. I didn't even know what the game was about. I had no idea. <laughs> I just thought it was gorgeous. And I remember it was called Chrono Cross, so I was like, oh, maybe there's some sort of connection to Chrono Trigger, which I enjoyed, so that was another selling point. I really liked it. I thought it was a fun game, from at least what I can remember. Um, Oh, another Nintendo game that was really good was Blaster Master. That was one of my favorites. And I played the new one that came out recently, Blaster Master Zero, I think it was. Um, 
that was a lot of fun. It was kind of like a rehashing of the original with some some new elements in it. I thought that was fun. Um, one of the there was like a cheat code in that first one where you if you with some of the bosses it was like um, if it was boss number two four six and seven I remember seeing this on like a tape that I had that had like cheat codes on it <laughs> it was like a VHS tape that it was like a Nintendo power sort of thing like tips and tricks and it was just some guy in front of a Nintendo like in front of a tube TV like we're gonna play a couple games and I'm gonna show you a couple cheat codes um, that was a good time so I learned that trick from that video where it was like uh, two four bosses two four six and seven you, when you go up to the boss and you you start throwing bombs at him if you hit the pause button it'll still keep hitting him <laughs> so you get one hit in you hit pause and then you just sit there for about a minute and then you unpause and the bad guy's dead it was pretty cool uh, particularly as a kid um, being able to pull off a cheat code and do that like oh I feel like a hero I do that <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun um, I probably played more video games than I watched movies I watched plenty of movies but video games were definitely the thing for me um, fast forward there's like PlayStation 3 the Xbox 360 I didn't really play the PlayStation 3 I went to the Xbox 360 uh, lots of great games there Marvel vs. Capcom 2 um, Sleeping Dogs was a great game um, and, and I kind of slowed down playing games uh, played a lot of Wii games, Wii Bowling, Wii Sports, all that stuff with friends. That was a really fun phenomenon for a while uh, when people were really into that. And I didn't really get into like the Wii U or the, the next generation after that. I just didn't... I was at a stage in my adult life, still I am, where I felt like I couldn't give in to that kind of a luxury. Um, so I have played some games. Probably the last game that I finished was Firewatch, which was another gorgeous game that was a really great narrative, really great storyline, um, and that was kind of meaningful for me because it involved like two people in watchtowers that were kind of communicating all summer and got really connected with each other just via voice. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, that's my history of video games. Another element of video games that I really love, and as much as I'm going to talk about how video games helped me, I'm also this is also a love letter to video games because I love them so much, and I actually miss playing them. Um, and I gotta I gotta get back on that train. <laughs> um, the the next element I really love is the music because the music has been designed to be catchy and um, repeatable. So, you know, everybody knows the Super Mario Brothers jingle. Da -da 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 Anyway, you got it. You know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll probably play some video game music uh, a little bit today because video game music for me, um, largely because of the nostalgic factor, but the, actually the compositions are so good that they help propel me through my day. If I need to focus on something and I don't want anything that has lyrics, I can play a bunch of video game music and you know the endorphins are flowing. It's very motivational. Um, Zelda, the Zelda series is really amazing when it comes to video game music, um, and there was one time I was on a boat recently, eh, not recently, within the last few years, I guess, if you want to consider that recently, um, we went, like, whale watching, and, uh, I brought my headphones, and I was listening to when, um, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword came out, it came with a music disc of, um, 
an orchestral compilation of the history of Zelda with from the music of um, with the composed by Koji Kondo, who is so good. He's he's one of the best composers um, of video game music out there. And um, I've always wanted to check out one of those like video game live things. Never done that. That sounds like a fun fun item. I'm gonna add that to my list. <laughs> and um, on that trip, I listened to The Wind Waker, which is a game for those not in the know, which is a game that there's a lot of sailing involved. So a lot of the music is very kind of piratey, kind of like um, string instruments. So there's like a like strings and very hopeful. Um, and to just listen to that while I was on the seas, like coasting uh, on the coast of San Diego with that music in my ear, it just felt triumphant and felt like I was in that moment. It was just this mix of nostalgia and good music and being in the moment visually. It was just like everything was clicking on all cylinders. It was really fantastic. Um, I think I'll play that track. Hopefully if I can find it, that would be really nice. If you're looking for video game music, I would recommend The Greatest Bits. It does a really great job with reproducing video game music. They basically do their own versions of it. Um, it's like stuff on like Casio keyboards and and um, different things. Sometimes they do rock versions of it. Um, the, the mini bosses are really great. They're a video game cover band. And then there's another one called... I think they're called Entertainment System. Uh, something to that effect. I'll try to play one from each of those guys. Um, so you can hear that and hear some of my favorite video game music. I could go on for days with video game music, but video game music basically drove me along with punk rock music to make music. If you go, if you're on my SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash for the fences, you can check out, there's a track called beats me. That is like my first video game specifically focused and inspired track. There's like a really nice chiptune synthy sort of vibe and it's really, really great. I absolutely love it. So my love of that music and listening to that music over and over again kind of helped tune me. It got my musical sense um, strong. And because I've gotten so so in tune with what works and what's repeatable and what is like catchy, I've been able to reproduce that in my music, which I think is also good and catchy if I can come up with the right lyrics and stuff like that. So I think it's been a strong influence for me. And, um, it's just, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. So I'll play a couple tracks today. I'll probably play them throughout the day because I'll be so busy that I probably won't be able to get on anchor, uh, later, but we'll play some video game music. That'll be fun. It'll be a fun change of pace. And, uh, if this is enough for you, then I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> That's totally cool. That's fine. I get it. So, um, next I want to talk about some of the other things that I've learned from video games. So video games for me as a kid felt like felt like what I'm sure YouTube feels like for a lot of kids today. Something that was entertaining but was also teaching me something. And I think that's why I really loved games, because I was getting something out of them. I was getting a sense of dexterity and um, spatial recognition and timing. Um, there was sometimes musical timing, depending on the game that you're playing. Um, learning the mechanics, learning how to jump differently with every game, how to make adjustments, um, how to be persistent, because you would die a lot, especially in those early games. 
there was just there was no sense of like tutorials or whatever. It was like these are the way we this is the way we made games, and you have to use good game design to really teach the player how to play. That first screen on Super Mario Brothers is one of the most iconic visuals because it teaches you so much about design and game design. So throughout the game, for those of you familiar with Super Mario Brothers, um, uh, this is going to segue into like a design thing. You know what? No, I'll come back to this. I'm going to move on. I'll come back to this in the next segment where I'll talk about the design of the first screen of Super Mario Brothers because that is a good, good creative discussion. So I'm going to move on and talk about perseverance and getting through the games because those were very difficult and really it was it was kind of a matter of the fact that we had time we had more time we didn't have as many things to distract us so you've got the game that's in front of you and I was fairly poor as a kid I mean I was poor I didn't have any money as a kid but my parents were poor is what I was talking about <laughs> and uh, so we had a Nintendo by chance and we had maybe like one or two games so and that was pretty much it for like most of my console life. Whenever I bought a console, I would maybe have like a game or two and really not have much to work with. So I would play them over and over and over again. Played Crazy Taxi like crazy. <laughs> I played um, on the Dreamcast, which I skipped over when I was doing my history, which I shouldn't have because that was one of my favorite consoles. Sonic Adventure, Power Stone, um, and Crazy Taxi, just those three games alone. And I think Marvel vs. Capcom was on that one, too. That was fun, also. Anyway, um, video games taught me a lot about, you know, spatial recognition and persistence and discipline, really. It was about uh, knowing when to quit and knowing when you can just say, like, all right, I'm not at my best. I got to get back at this tomorrow. And then often, I would get back at it and, like, get it on the first try the next day. Um, and learning from your mistakes and learning from your experiences... Um, you know, learning that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to try something else. You have to look at things from a different perspective. That's why I've always loved Zelda games, because the puzzles are always so good. And you got to really explore the space and um, learn kind of what the game is telling you in terms of its design and mechanics and pushing blocks or moving things or looking for the arrows or the signs or whatever the game is trying to tell you and solve those puzzles. So for me, it was, it was always, it was always a brain challenge, which is what I really, really love about video games. And it sucks that games get such a bad rap because games can teach so much to kids. I mean, I think like Call of Duty and stuff, that stuff's fun, but that's the wrong perception of what video games are. There are so many amazing games, even today, so many amazing indie games. Um, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, is so good. It's a game where you're, you're basically you're one player, but you're controlling two guys at the same time using the left and right stick. So, basically, what happens? And spoiler alert: if you haven't played the game, skip ahead. This is the last minute of this segment. I'm going to reveal the ending here, um, <clears throat> because it's the beauty of what the game is. So you're going through the game, and you're doing different mechanics by controlling each character separately, but only on one controller as an individual. But by the end of the game one of the brothers dies and you have to control you have basically have to navigate your way home with the remaining brother with just one side of the controller and it, you feel it as the player 
that that something is missing, that he's gone, that your brother is gone. And it's super sad. Um, so games have like emotional impact too. They can tell really great stories. And I'll talk about that next. Now what I love about modern games is they are, there are so many experiences that feed off of good storytelling. Uh, storytelling in video games was always very rudimentary from the start because, well, you didn't have a lot of room to tell stories. You weren't putting a lot of text on screen unless it was a role-playing game. But Super Mario Brothers, you know, very straightforward. Run to the right, save the princess. Um, the, the focus was on the mechanics and not really on expanding the lore. Uh, it was about creating a fun experience. And often that's how it was for most games. Um, I'd say up until probably the PlayStation 1, when you were getting more polygonal games and a chance for players to move in a 3D space. So that was the time when there was more, more intense storytelling starting to be told. Um, these days, there are so many great stories. Like I was saying with, uh, with Brothers, and I spoiled it in the last segment, so um, I'm not going to do it again. But uh, it's, it's such, such an emotional ride, emotional story, um, that I absolutely love it. I love that stuff. I really liked um, Bioshock Infinite because I thought it had a really great story. Uh, there was uh, Firewatch, I mentioned already, had probably one of my favorite stories in recent memory. I was also going through something similar to that, so that was kind of fascinating. Basically, the, the gist of that story is um, this guy... The, it tells you this really emotional story to begin with where essentially this guy's wife is going through dementia and he decides to sort of basically if when you get a fight-or-flight mode um, in any situation uh, he chose flight and he decided to you know put his wife into a nursing home and uh, he kept going and she was recognizing him less and less so he was starting to kind of give up he decided to go to um, basically apply for a park ranger job in the middle of nowhere in Yosemite National Park. It takes place in the 80s and you can see some environmental elements of that, um, some music playing that reflects that, and some pictures and things like that. Um, and fairly quickly into the game, you start talking on the walkie-talkie to this woman, I can't remember her name in the game. I know the guy's name was Henry, I can't remember her name. Um, but she was in the next post over, which was like a couple of like, you know, a couple miles away, um, pretty pretty decent distance, and, and not a, not short enough to walk really. Um, so, <clears throat> so the game is basically about these two characters interacting with each other, um, and they're the only people that they can really speak to, uh, other than occasional people that they come across wandering through Yosemite National Park. So they're basically on watchtowers, hence the name Firewatch, looking for forest fires, or, or wildfires, essentially, and reporting them and dealing with them and stuff like that. There are a couple instances where you start seeing that happening, and then there's another story that starts brewing about um, what could... Like, it's, it's set, up <clears throat> set up mysteriously enough in a way that it kind of makes you think that that something's going in one direction and then it kind of doesn't go in another direction. But there's also some really, really sad stuff in there too. 
you come across different discoveries of, of what happened to people. Um, so there's a couple little stories interwoven and it essentially gets to this point where like these two characters get really close to each other uh, and they have to make decisions about where to go with their lives because they're not going to be on that post forever. So they have to decide, do they want to meet up? Do they want to do something with themselves? Do they want to, you know, try to focus on their own life and, and give that attention and really ride that train as it were. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. Uh, so I really love that game and it's visually gorgeous. Just Google Firewatch and you'll just see there's a lot of really gorgeous like duotone silhouette shots, um, a lot of sunset shots. Really, really amazing. I loved that game so much. And uh, I played it on my Mac, so it was like chugging along, but I pushed through it. I would, I would play it like an hour at a time because once my, my Mac got too hot, it wouldn't handle it anymore. Um, and that's kind of the problem I've had with gaming. I've tried to play some games on there and it just doesn't quite work. So um, with that, I mean, there's so much story that's amazing. So if you're curious about it, I'll give you some more examples. Um, but next, I want to talk about that Super Mario Brothers screen. Another great game that I forgot to mention was uh, Bastion. That That's one I've played within the last few years. Um, I think it came out probably 2012-ish. Um, and I remember just taking a day. <laughs> My wife was like sleeping all day. And I was like, I'm just going to kill this game. I played it for like eight hours straight. I loved it so much. Basically, it's it's if you're... Um, if you're trying to get your kids in the video games or your kid wants to play a game and you're not really sure what they should play, that's a good start because it's a game that is fun. It's isometric, so it's like 2D, it's a 2.5D sort of like side angle sort of situation. It's visually interesting. The music is great. It's got kind of this like steampunk vibe. So even the music is kind of like this steampunk country which is kind of interesting, like slide guitars and like hip hop beats and stuff. Like it's so, so fantastic. Um, I'm definitely going to play a track from that because that soundtrack I listen to all the time. Another one that's really great was Fez. Um, Fez was a little bit harder because I had to do a lot of research. There were just so many cryptic things in that game. But once I got through it and started to like, I kind of cheated by looking things up, but um, that game took the, the, the world by storm. And back to Bastion, the, another nice, really great thing about it is that um, it it's narrated. It's narrated. It's narrated by someone. So as your player is doing things, um, the narrator is commenting on it, and you get to different parts in the story. And the narrator's voice is so good. Um, so, like, if you're say say your character is supposed to go to the next screen, but you decide not to, and you just started like start hitting things in the room. Um, the, the narrator's like, and the boy just starts thrashing for a while. Like, I love that. It's so fantastic. Um, so it's one of my favorite things. I, I love that game so much. So if you're, if you're a young kid, if you're, if you're, um, if you have young kids, I'd say like, I don't know, probably appropriate for anywhere between like anywhere eight and eight plus, like it's pretty easy. It's like a, a run and hit kind of game, but the story is kind of interesting. It's like a dystopian world, all that fun stuff. Anyway, so uh, now i got two and a half minutes to talk about that Super Mario Brothers screen. So, um, Shigeru Miyamoto is iconic as he is the developer-creator of Super Mario Brothers Legend of Zelda. So many iconic 
video game characters and video games. Um, and that first screen in Super Mario Brothers is iconic because it is a masterclass in game design. And really in design in general. Because the way that the game was programmed, if you notice, Super Mario is running on the center of the screen at all times. Um, and, and as he gets to the center of the screen, that's when it starts scrolling. Um, he can stop and go backwards, but the screen won't scroll backwards. Um, and the only time that Mario is on... So Mario starts on the left side of the screen, basically indicating that the player should run to the right. So that's a good piece of design, first of all. And then, once you start scrolling, you see... Once you start running, and you hit the center of the screen, you see everything start scrolling. So you get a sense of that mechanic pretty quickly. And then, um, you see a Goomba right away. The bad guy. And that's when you're like, oh, okay, do I touch this guy? Do I collect it? Do I interact with him? Do I touch him? Most likely, somebody who's playing Super Mario Brothers for the first time will run into him and say, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> and then you reapproach it, uh, you start the stage over, you reapproach it, and you realize, okay, I need to press a button. Press a button, you jump, you jump on him, you take him out. And then almost immediately, there are uh, question mark blocks. You hit one of them because you're curious, or you jump right after you learned how to jump, then you have a reason to jump. So you start hitting the blocks, the mushroom comes out, and there's a pipe that is perfectly placed so that it is going to, the, the mushroom which moves, will go to the right, hit the pipe, bounce back, and most likely you'll collect it by accident. Because you're, because it kind of looks like the Goomba, so you're like, should I touch that? Am I supposed to touch that? I don't know. Then you collect it, and you grow, and you're like, yeah, I'm greatest! Ah! And then from there, there's a series of really great design. But even just that first section, such a good, such a good design thing. So smart. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the perception of video games. It's very unfortunate that there's a negative perception about video games, like... It's gonna rot your brain. I don't want my kids playing video games because they're gonna be dummies. And I couldn't, it is, it is so much the opposite. It's really, the, well, uh, these days it's easier to play like mindless games, I guess, but because a lot of adults are used to playing like dumb Candy Crush. You don't learn shit from Candy Crush. You learn things from Super Mario Brothers. You learn things from games that involve dexterity, problem solving, and good timing skills. Like, that stuff, there's so much you can learn from that. I felt like I was practically homeschooled because of how much I played video games, and I didn't learn shit from school. So, I, I feel like that perception is wrong, because so many people are looking at Call of Duty, which is, like, the popular thing, and they're like, oh, there's blood and guts everywhere. Like, yeah, there are mature games for adults. You shouldn't be buying those games for your kids take that responsibility and help do the research for them. I know you might not understand video games and what they are, what's good, but there are, there's no excuse these days with Google that you could look up, you shouldn't be, that you should be able to look up what games are appropriate for kids, which ones are the most interesting, the most, you know, maybe your kids like puzzles, 
maybe they like platformers, maybe they like shooters, but you don't want something that is like gross and blood. I mean, Splatoon is a really great example. You basically run around and you shoot paint at each other and on the floor. Like, that is a shooter game. It's the same mechanics as like Gears of War or Call of Duty, but it's in a very stylized wrapper um, that doesn't need to be about blood and guts. I think sometimes that stuff is a little too gratuitous. You're not wrong there. Um, but it is about being a responsible parent and doing the research. You know, if your parent is, just, if your kid is just like pointing at something in the store and saying, I want that, and you don't know what it is, maybe do a search real quick. Or say, hey, I need to look, what, I need to look up what that is first, um, and then we'll come back and get it, possibly. Or something like that. You know, like, I feel like that's the responsible thing. Because there are so many amazing games out there. Shovel Knight is so good. Um, there's like uh, Dragon Ball Fusions is really fun. Um, Puzzle and Dragons is really great kids games. And and like I don't I wouldn't even consider them kids games. They're just fun games. I think because uh, you know on the I'm gonna say on the flip side too. There are a lot of dudes that are like I don't play I don't want to play with those kids games. Uh, like that's stupid. You're close-minded idiot like there's more to life than Call of Duty because Call of Duty is terrible it's just basic I have always hated first-person shooters I've played them but they're not they're not anywhere near as exciting as something that could tell you a meaningful story or um, just give you a lot more of a physical challenge um, so there, there are just so many great suggestions and so many great things that you could turn towards that it would be a shame to just outright ignore all video games for any reason whatsoever. So with that, if you are interested in a type of game, a genre, or maybe you're not sure what your kids might enjoy that's appropriate for them, um, Minecraft is always a good one because that's taken the world like crazy storm, but they have already played that. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, if you want any suggestions as an adult, whatever's hot right now, for a lot of adult gamers, mature gamers, um, Player Unknown Battlegrounds is a big thing. It's kind of a battle royal thing where you're dropped into like an island. It's basically like Murder Island. It's kind of terrible, but kind of fun looking at the same time. So whatever. Um, uh, if, your mor if your moral compass is low, have a good time. <laughs> um, it's really about how you translate those things into the real world. And we've unfortunately blamed video games for a lot of things that are much bigger than that. So, with that, I wanted to express my, my love and admiration for video games because it has driven me to be the person that I am. It has made a career out of my life. It has made me appreciate music and visuals and story, which are three things that I really, really love in life. Um, there's emotional impacts, and sometimes I play games and I don't know what to do with myself. So, with that, on that note, I'll catch you guys later. Rival my design or call in.